Or, I'm sorry, Miss Peggy. I got your daughter on my mind. And, uh, but uh, he's been in, they've been in Africa for, South Africa for about 15, 18 years. Where they had to leave the field and they're in, they just got to Dalby, Australia. They had to change fields and I'm privy to knowing why they had to change fields. There's stated reasons why they changed fields and the real reason, I hate to say it, are two different things. And I probably should be saying more than I need to say here because there's a reason why it has to be kept under wraps. Nothing that they did wrong, what somebody else did wrong. And to protect other people and to, for the cause of Christ, it was just better to just leave and not say anything and just let the work go on. And uh, that's what they did. They did the high, noble thing. Some people misunderstood maybe and why, why are you changing fields? They, they, they had to change fields. It came down to that. And, and uh, almost stellar, clean testimony and did right. But let's pray for our missionaries because they're underneath the satanic attack. And so think of the, I just mentioned two, DeLongs, and I mentioned the Wilhites. I can mention a third one, of course, the uh, 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 Andy Schultz and his family, Jill Schultz. They've, they've gone through a lot in Zambia. Their church was burned to the ground several years ago. Uh, they've been broken into, and they've had their house ravaged, and their church ravaged on several occasions. They've had things stolen, and they've had uh, accusations, false accusations made against them and so forth. And again, that's very, very, fairly common in the risque world, if I could call it that way, of missions work across the world, with especially Americans. Uh, Pastor Parmar mentioned uh, we need to pray for the Gerber family, uh, Matt and Lavana. Uh, they're going to India. Pastor Parmar has told me specifically, and I, having been there almost 30 years ago, know this to be the case, that Americans have a target on their back, so to speak, in a lot of ways. And Brother Matt has a real big target on his back because he happens to be a six-foot-five gentleman. And that alone uh, breeds some envy and breeds some uh, division and strife and so forth. And some we're going to get him. And so Brother Parmar is very concerned and prays regularly for uh, uh, the Gerbers in, in India. But pray for the protection from, uh, from Satan, from sin and shame. Let's go on to the next one. And we're not going to look at all these. We won't have time to do that. Pray for the relationship with spouse and sprouts. That's uh, Jerry likes alliteration, of course, and so that's children and grandchildren. And we've had more than one missionary, and I again, I will be elusive on purpose, but we've had several in the last 30 years missionaries come off the field because of marital problems and because of children problems. Uh, we had a missionary, and I'll be evasive on purpose. He's been here and been to this pulpit right here in this church. It has been a number of years ago now. But he came off the field. I think he was wrong, but I'm not his judge. Because one of his children messed up on the mission field. And he felt he was disqualified and they needed to come home. I, I, and that was the, never the stated reason again. It was the, the private pastoral reason. This is why I had to lead the field, Pastor. And uh, he told me and I said, Brother, I would not lead the field for that. You can't be accountable for... He had a larger family, and uh, he left the field because of his ch child. And uh, then, but there are cases, and it's so true, and this is a warning for all of us. Lose your family and lose your ministry, at least lose some ministry for sure. We need to pray for, uh, we've had several of our missionaries, and again, I'm elusive on purpose, that were great servants of God and are great servants of God. And they, they, they didn't keep intact their family.
family structure as they should have, and they, in some cases there was legitimate default and uh, hurt. That can happen with pastors, that can happen with deacons, that can happen with Sunday school teachers, and on and on it goes. So pray for a proper relationship between the spouse and the children with the, the, the father or the uh, father missionary, if we will. Our first missionary, by the way, on our list here that we happen to have is our only lady missionary, Nancy Butkovich. And let me just tell you a quick story. I just found this out Wednesday. Uh, Brother Woody White is his name. He was co-founders of Days In with Cecil B. Day, and he's been the foundation uh, president for 44 years of uh, uh, the Cecil B. Day Foundation. And he's also the, many of you have been to Moody's, uh, D.L. Moody's birthplace, of course, and where he's graveside up there in Northfield. Uh, that just got sold, many of you know this probably, got parceled out, the, Joe, the, the Roman Catholics bought part of it, sadly to say, and uh, Moody Bible Institute bought part of the campus as well. But uh, when you go up on Little Round Top, I just found this out by uh, Brother Woody, as he's called, there's 13 trees at Little Round Top. Now, I didn't realize what those trees were, why those trees were planted, but I have been, and I think I'm probably the only one that's been to the, the cathedral, inside the cathedral at uh, Camp Northfield there, or Mount Hermon as it was called. But when you go in the cathedral, now owned by the Roman Catholics as of just a year or so ago, there's a wall there, and there's lady missionaries, the turn of last century, about 1900, 1905, 1907, and there's a picture of all these lady missionaries. I remember seeing those pictures. Well, going back to the trees where some of you can, can in your mind's eyes, little round top, as it's called, where Mr. and Mrs. Moody are both buried, there's 13 trees planted. Those are 13 trees planted for the martyrs, 13 ladies that went off to the mission field, single ladies that were martyred in places all around the world, gave their lives for Christ. And so, uh, and I say this in just uh, not in a personal defensive way, uh, and many years have gone by, but I remember... I caught a little bit of flack, and that's okay. It's all right. I, I, much, much of the flack that I catch, I probably deserve anyhow. But uh, I got a little bit of flack years ago by suggesting that we should take on a lady missionary without a husband. And I'm just going to here to tell you that some of the greatest servants of God on planet Earth are lady missionaries. Uh, and I think Nancy Butkovich is a stellar example. And so uh, I have no problem having ladies don't preach, but they... They can bring people to Christ. I have several stories that pop into my head right now that I'd love to give, but I think we'll move forward for time's sake. Let's look on the rest of these here, or some, some more of them, rather. Uh, letter A on the, the prayer word there. The attitude of servanthood. Hey, don't go into the ministry, the pastorate or the Christian school teaching or the missionary work. If you, if, you, if you have an attitude that you want to make money, don't go into the work, God's business. Uh, you're there to be a servant, not to be a, a master. Uh, you're there to serve and serve others. Uh, uh, I heard Brother Ray, and uh, pardon me, Ray, I'm preaching and you're sitting there listening to me, so you've got to hear whether you like it or not. But, but uh, Brother Ray and Bonnie, I remember 17 years ago now when Ray came to me and said he wanted to give up his uh, profitable, lucrative business in, uh, in Falls Village and go into Lord's work. I said, I, I said something to him like this, a guy talking, he said, what are you, stupid? And uh, what, do you want to be poor for the rest of your life? And uh, basically he said, yeah. So uh, that was his response, of course. And uh, he was following the Holy Spirit, not my spirit, of course. I tried to talk him out of it, but uh, 
uh, Lord's taking care of them, and they, they, Ray and Bonnie would be the first to say they're not poor folk, they're very rich folk in Christ Jesus, and they know it, and they're great servants of God. Pray for Ray, of course, we're hoping for that surgery here in the next several weeks here, of course, and he's back to a little bit of part-time ability to work a little bit, but he wants to get back to full-time, and he's got to get those knees operated on, so pray for him if you would for that. But Ray and Bonnie are servants, as you well know, and we thank God for them. Well, let's move forward here. Yielded, our yieldness to the Spirit. I don't have any comments in regards to that. I think most, almost all the missionaries that we've ever had, I suppose there's an exception or two or three maybe of missionaries gone by the wayside, but uh, they're yielded to God's Spirit. In fact, Acts 13, turn there just quickly. We use this for a devotional. It's God's Spirit that calls the missionary. It's the local church that recognizes that call. Acts 13, notice what it says there. As soon as I get there, if I can find it. Acts chapter 13, verses 1 through 3, I'm referring to. Let me just begin reading. Acts 13, 1. Now there were in the church, that's the called out assembly, the local assembly, that was at Antioch. This is the first missionary church that we read about in the Bible. Yes, there's Jerusalem, but this is a Gentile church for the most part. There were prophets and teachers, and Barnabas and Simeon, as Barnabas and Simeon that were... That, that was called Niger and Lucius of Cyrene and Manian, which had been brought up with Herod and the Tetrarch and Saul, that's Saul of Tarsus, of course, Paul. And they, and they ministered to the Lord they, and fasted. The Holy Ghost said, Separate me, Barnabas and Saul, for the work whereunto I have called them. I talked to Brother Tony Balava yesterday, and of course they're going to be staying with us for almost a month. They'll be in uh, starting off at Evangelical Baptist Church in their prophet's chamber, they'll be with us. And uh, I remember Brother Tony came, he was a prison guard, as many of you know, in, in Connecticut Correctional uh, up, in, uh, up in Enfield. And he felt the call of God to go to Bible college and surrender his life to missions work. And that was 23 years ago, 24 years ago, something like that now. And uh, it was, he came to me, and who was I to tell him that the Holy Spirit hadn't talked to him? Hadn't spoken to him. I'm sure the Holy Spirit did speak to him. I think the proof is in the, the proverbial pudding. <laughs> and uh, if I can call Tony pudding. <laughs> and, uh, but, uh, but so the Holy Spirit calls the missionary, but notice what it says, verse 2, uh, or verse number 3, And as they fa- had fasted, and when they had fasted and prayed and laid their hands on them, they sent them, that's the church, sent them forth. So they being sent forth by the Holy Ghost departed. The Holy Ghost calls people. Bruce and Amanda, classic example. God called Bruce and Amanda to go to Gabon, West Africa. And uh, God worked on their heart. Gave them a burden first for the deaf and then for the deaf in, in that western part of Africa, of course. God worked on their heart. We recognize that call and are, we are commanded to help send them forth. And they were sent forth from actually from Bruce's home church officially. But we're uh, partnering with other churches to help Bruce and Amanda, of course, get to Gabon, West Africa. So uh, yielded to the Spirit. Then uh, letter E, for time's sake, back to our worksheet. Escape from slothfulness. Now, again, I'll be a little elusive. I don't believe we have any slothful missionaries right now. But I will say this, and I, I, don't ask me afterwards. I won't tell you who I'm thinking of. But I'm thinking of a particular missionary. I'm going back many years ago that we... We felt led to put on as our church in our church body, and we did. 
I was getting the prayer letters, and I was also getting information from, make a long story short, this missionary has been off the field for many years now, and I think rightfully so. I'm just, be, I'm just going to be, la- be, be honest with you. I think they were lazy. I think and there's no place for lazy, lazy servants of God and the work of God. And, uh, and all God's people said, amen. amen. I hope you believe that. It's, uh, it's a work that needs to be done. We don't need laziness. It can be a problem. And uh, I've got several other horror stories uh, from other pastors and other case evidence truths of missionaries on the field and knowing about another missionary that isn't doing anything and wasting God's money. Fortunately, I don't believe that's the case with any of our missionaries, and I'm thankful for that. There should be a rapport with other servants. Uh, and enough said, uh, we ought to love one another and serve one another and, uh, and have a rapport one with another. Uh, letter F, flexibility and schedule. Uh, and I can just say from personal testimony, this happened a couple, three times this week, a couple, three days this week. I have an agenda. So when I start the morning out, I have an agenda. I have a list of things that i got to get done and so forth. And please don't take this offensively if you're one of those people that... But then I, I get pop-ins throughout the day. And, uh, and I get distractions throughout the day. Phone calls I'm out of the cold blue. From, I'm not expecting a phone call from... And it's happened this week. Don't feel sorry for me. It's part of the job. Uh, let's look at Paul for a moment here. Paul said, Stanley, too, I'm sure there's days where he has his agenda all set. And uh, it gets blown out of the water by other people and other, other things. And that happens. You've got to be flexible in the work of God. And that's so important. And so I think most of our missionaries have learned to do that. Uh, must, may, we should take opportunity to see, sow seed. And uh, I mentioned uh, real quickly, just for the record, the great seed sowing that has been done in Papua New Guinea and being done with the, the, the publication of Bibles, for English Bibles for all of... Uh, uh, every student from kindergarten all the way up to college that's uh, by, the, by the parliament or government of Papua New Guinea, they want Bibles, and BIMI, Brother Dan DeLong was responsible for brokering that deal and uh, getting three million-plus Bibles into the country, and it's an ongoing thing, and I think they got around a million Bibles thus far in and a couple of million to go uh, that sanctioned by the government of Papua New Guinea. It's amazing, but there's opportunity to sow seed. Uh, Results in service. This is a, something I learned many years ago. And I have to be careful here, but uh, John 15, 16. In fact, let's turn there. We are called to be faithful. Sometimes you're faithful when you're fruitless. But God's not only called us to be faithful, he's called us to be fruitful as well. And for time's sake, on one verse, and I'll give you an application uh, Proverbs, or John, John chapter 15, verse 16. Uh, would somebody read that for us? Can we have a lady's voice read that, please? One of you ladies read six, verse 16. Okay, uh, and I have to be, again, careful how I word this here. I don't want to be misunderstood. But I look at myself, I'm not paid to work. I, I totally admit you, to you that I have worked many hundreds and thousands of hours. And if you're, uh, you're a longtime worker, employee, you could say the same thing. And I've worked for thousands of hours and got nothing done. Have you ever done that? 
lot of our work is unprofitable. But I'm not paid to work. I'm paid to produce. And they may be taken wrong, but you're not paid to go to work, show up at the job, whether you're working in a factory or you're a nurse, you punch into your clock at Charlotte Hungerford, and here I am. Now let me sit down, and I'm here for eight hours or 12 hours, whatever it is. No, you're paid to produce. You're paid to, paid to actually get something accomplished, something done. And uh, we need missionaries that are paid to produce. I'll just tell you, and this is, this is maybe stepping over an edge a little bit too far, uh, I, but I've heard this, and I've heard this critique in many times. Listen, when we have missionaries come in, and uh, we roll out the proverbial red carpet for them. That's the plan. That's the ide- ideology. But uh, sometimes we have young missionaries, and uh, well, we got Bruce and Amanda because they're they're with us, of course. And I'm not referring to them, of course, but I'm just saying this can be this can happen. And our missionaries are going on three years of deputation. And it's just part of the nature nature of the beast, and uh, and they some places they go and they get we never wine and dine missionaries we just dine and dine missionaries <laughs> supposed to be a joke there a little bit, but uh, uh, they 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 get the proverbial carpet rolled out for them in some cases other places not so much, but and it is a lot of work and deputation don't misunderstand me but it's also a lot of I've talked to enough missionaries enough veteran missionaries to know. That if you're not careful, it's three years of entertainment. Now, if you're a younger person especially, that's not the real world. You don't get to go to your place of employment and lollygag for three years or just have parties all for three years. That doesn't happen. And please, I'm not, I'm not, I'm just saying that, that the, the servants are meant to, missionaries are meant to get work accomplished. And so there needs to be results in service. And by the way, deputation is just one of those things that has to be done. And so there's certainly hard work involved even in that. Uh, then uh, let's pray. Let's move forward to the just letter A, absence from sickness. Uh, I'm just curious. Does anybody know why? Uh, I'm asking the question how well educated you are. Why did the child's family, they were in Papua New Guinea, why did they leave? Do you know why they left? They left many years ago. Why did they leave? Melody got malaria six times. And every time you get malaria, it, it decreases your immune system, or malaria, and it, it, uh, you get weaker and weaker and weaker. Uh, Scott was my roommate. Here's what I know about malaria. You have to sleep a lot of your life. The more you have it, the more fatigued you get. You get tired. It's a, it's a natural, it's a, something that happens because of the disease. They had to eventually get off the field or the doctor said, you're going to die. Uh, I get another illustration, just one quick one. Uh, uh, if I can get his name out here. Uh, oh, and I, I can see his face and I can't get his... Volante. Steve Volante. Up here in uh, Northampton, Massachusetts. His dad pastored for many years up there. Steve and Laurel, her name was, went to Africa. I can't remember the country all of a sudden. It's drawn a mental blank. And they were there for one year, and Laurel had, Steve had, they had three kids. And she contracted, I, I can't remember what. I think it was malaria. I'm not sure. I don't think it was, I don't know what it was. But he preached on Sunday, Easter Sunday morning after she, they were there for one year. He went home that night, and she was in bed sick. She died the next morning at 29 years of age. And uh, she, she was warned, and they were warned to come back to the States to get professional medical help. 
but they didn't listen. They said, well, we're trusting God, and, and I'm not blaming Steve. He has to live with that for the rest of his life. He's remarried now, and he's been on, on mission field for... But many missionaries give their lives. David Brainerd, I don't know if you know this story, the great famous missionary. Do you know how old he was when he died? 29 years old. Uh, I read, uh, I'm, I'm just being transparent, totally transparent. I read the, the, the biography of David Brandon when I was in college, I believe it was. And i got to tell you, it was one of the most depressing reads I've ever read. He was uh, the missionary four years to the Mohawk Indians in upper state New York. Uh, would-be son-in-law of uh, some of you been to the graveside with me. I'm not sure if some of you here have been, but I've been there several times. Very right next to Jerusha, the daughter of... Uh, of uh, Jonathan, or Dave, uh, Jonathan Edwards, rather. But he died. Let me tell you why David Brainerd died. He died because he wasn't coming out of the cold. I mean, it's that simple. He got pneumonia and he died. He was warned that uh, the, the, the winters and so forth. And I know God's sovereign and God allowed that to happen. But I was like, if you just would have taken, paced yourself a little bit and and coming out of the cold a couple of couple winter months and maybe January, February, you might have had a long life with that Sparty shot taken on it. Might have been able to minister for many more years, but God in his sovereignty allowed that to happen. But absence from sickness, it can debilitate the, the best of servants of God. Uh, moving forward here. Management of silver. And I just, again, this is a pet peeve of mine. I think most of God's servants, and I can speak for ours, I think I speak for all of our missionaries, uh, they're good managers of what God's given to them. Uh, I don't know what it costs. I've heard different numbers over the years. Do you know how much it costs to equip one United States soldier to go onto the foreign battlefield? How much money is invested in that one soldier and all, all the finances and resources that are used to keep that soldier on the field? And, and we, no expenses spared. The best of armament, the best of equipment. Why? Because he's defending our country. Uh, missionaries go on many times a shoestring budget. Let me give you one for example. The uh, Gwen and Eve Williamson are, are getting ready to leave. Anybody follow them besides me? And I, of course I get the advantage of having the prayer requests, uh, prayer letters. They're either on the field now or they're going the next week or two where uh, they're, they're, I think they're already there. Before the end of the month they're going to be in Ukraine. They're going on a shoestring budget. Back to Bruce and Amanda for just a moment. I know for a fact, I know, I think I know I'm already into their heads in regards to, they're planning on going to the field hopefully next, whenever it is, next spring, hopefully we'll see what happens, whether they have their full support or not. Now, they're going to go. Now, there's a certain minimal amount that they have to have. And many of you know this, but in foreign countries, you can't, you, you got an American visa, you, you can't go to, you can't take one of their jobs, you can't work. You've got to be on self-support, of course. They want that American dollar, of course. But most of our missionaries, what I'm saying, and I like to think all of them are very good with money management, and they're, they're not, they don't have an evil eye. If they, they do, they're, they're foolish they, they, uh, in a lot of ways. But I don't think, uh, I think some of them, are, they know how to stretch a dollar, and I'm thankful for that. Uh, inside from the scriptures, I think all of our missionaries, we can say that for them. Safety and security, pray for their safety and security, of course. Uh, I'm thinking of a missionary, I can name his name here, that uh, was beat up uh, in the mission field in Africa, and it uh, uh, was a home invasion, and uh, was beat up and uh, almost killed. He fought back, and uh, almost cost him his own life, but uh, he came back here to the States. He's a pastor now. Uh, but uh, we had that missionary a few months ago that was... Uh, 
killed on the foreign fish mission field and where was in what country was that a father of six or seven from indiana and i'm trying to think where that was at but he was there only three weeks and he got killed of course uh, murdered and uh so pray for safety and security uh here's a big one i put a star an asterisk near this one because i want to take a moment solace and sorrow uh in fact i'm going to just drop a name on purpose uh, john and julie job how many remember the jobs Good family, good, good, good family. In a very hard mission field. Uh, Brother Dave just got back from England. We were talking about the Messersmiths, one of our missionaries. And their, their, his own daughter is in, in London. It's a very pagan, pagan uh, country and a pa pagan uh, city, of course. And uh, back to the Jobs and back to several other missionaries when they are transparent and I'm tattling a little bit. You get discouraged when you work so hard year after year, day after day, week after week, month after month, and don't see visible, tangible results again, or very low results. And you start questioning yourself. You start wondering, am, am I doing God's work? And, and you start feeling guilty. You're getting paid all this money to be on a foreign field, and you're not seeing visible fruits. If you study the lives of some of the great missionaries, Adam Judson didn't have converts for this first I think six or eight years, the first convert he had was after, in Burma, was after six plus years of toil before he had his first convert. Some of the greatest fruits of uh, labors are after you die. And it's, uh, but pray for the missionaries that uh, they, they, they go through bouts of depression. Let's just be honest. And it's part of, the, uh, part of what they kind of signed up for a little bit. And so pray for them especially. Uh, I'm going to fast forward. I want to get to one more big, big part, big last point that we have time for. Then go down to the A there, the adequate support. We've had missionaries that have had to come off the field. And this is germane. This happens. And this is just real life. Uh, here's how missions works in case I'm going to do this in one minute, less than a minute. Bruce and Amanda, for the eighth time, I'll use them. They're going to partner with Bruce's home church. And then with, I don't know what the number is, but I guarantee it's around, it's got to be at least 50, if not 60 or 70, maybe 80 churches that give anywhere from maybe $25 a week to maybe $200, or $25 a month, rather, to maybe $200 a month. The average missionary church gift would be around 75 to 100 a month, thereabouts. Right now, we're supporting most of our missionaries at 75 a month. Bruce and Amanda happen to be at 100, for the record. And uh, we have others that are at different, different levels, but most everybody's had at least 75 a month. And they need to get that consistent support in. And this is, uh, I don't want to end on a downer, but I'm just going to say it. I was meeting again for the third time with uh, the folks on Wednesday from the foundation. And uh, I don't mean to bash the Generation X, Generation Z community, but they're, 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 they're talking about a coming apocalypse happening with missions missions, foreign missions around the world and churches. The generation, the greatest generation people, the, the baby boomers understood commitment, long-term commitment that we give and we give for one of the reasons we come to church is to be a servant and give faithfully to the work of God. We do that because it's right. Uh, basically, and I'm paraphrasing, Marty Schott paraphrase, the Generation Xers and the Z crowd, they have a tension span about as long as a, as a tweet on a, on a phone. I'm not trying to be mean, but they don't know, they don't understand commitment and it's long-term commitment. And missionary work takes long-term commitment, uh, day in and day out. Uh, 
month in and month out. So we need to pray for our missionaries, and we've got four minutes now here. Any quick soundbite or comment, and I know I didn't give you much time, but uh, any just you're dying to get a quick thought out. Anybody have that? If not, we're going to have a word of prayer for our missionaries. Let's pray a general prayer blessing for all 21 of our missionaries, if we could. And uh, Brother Paul, I know I pick on you a lot, but would you pray for our missionaries in generic form? Pray the Lord's blessing upon them keep them safe in their harm's way, uh, keep them on the field, uh, keep them safe from Satan's uh, temptations and Satan's uh, pitfalls, and that we might do our little part, our 160th of a part in some most cases, 150th of a part, whatever we do. Uh, some missionaries need more than others. And uh, so let's pray that the Lord helps our missionaries around the foreign field. Uh, Brother Hornbeck, of course, he'll be with us. He's in the States as we speak. And uh, he's our long-term veteran missionary. He'll be doing our men's prayer uh, time and fellowship at Little Continental Breakfast, not this Saturday, but next Saturday. And, uh, okay, any quick prayer requests? And let's pray for...